0: in our laboratory, we are making artificial brain. So we are making a machine that interacts with human and we are testing many different kinds of things. But please understand, in our system, we are using only 15 primes, only up to 47. We are not going beyond. So 100% consciousness emulation is impossible. The reason is the complexity of the engineering that you need, I mean, it goes, grows exponentially. So suppose I want to have 96% identical Tony Nader, then what what do I do, I need, I mean, say millions of primes so that means for each one, I need to build a resonator. So even if I try with millions and millions of years, I cannot create a suitable molecule. So 100% conscious machine is not possible to be created following our the way we are saying it. So it's mathematical globally. It's mathematical, it's rule followed globally. But when you go at the fundamental levels, when you try to see accuracy of the thoughts and other processes, then you cannot emulate. The mathematics prohibit you. You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. Dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development spend some time with dr nader who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body consciousness and physiology right now
1: it's wonderful to have you dr anirban banjupa thank you
0: thank you so much for inviting me
1: as humans we have consciousness and how much we go into that like if we cannot create a machine that is fully conscious, but we are a machine in a sense, according Mm -hmm. to this perspective. So how many primes and how many resonance factors are in a human being? So I see that there is 47. Uh, 47 Broadman's region.
0: So up to 47, I see user primes throughout the brain body system. So uh, what we did in the last 10 years, several of my PhD students, what did they do? They take every single component of the brain. You started the discussion with with a very interesting philosophical argument that is there among the scientific community. That is, where do we find consciousness? When we are saying resonance chain, that from the smallest to the entire part of my body is part of a resonance chain and it's a subset of the whole universe because the universe is also a triplet of triplet resonance chain you find it in the um, outer galactic the this uh, microwave background radiations wherever you see the spectrums the pulsar em- emissions even if you go to nmr nuclear magnetic resonance of a single molecule you find the c2 c3 symmetries and 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 this, this triplets. so 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 universe is a long resonance chain and I am a subset. So it's a large guitar string and I am, I'm a tiny bit of one. So uh, I see that uh, whatever we have found, we, we started with all elements. So we don't say that consciousness is here, there, there because it's a musical instrument. So it's a composition, it's in the beauty. So it is not in the body. So if you try to find out this neuron is conscious, there is conscious, there are many theories like uh, some scientists say, "Okay, consciousness is in microtubule." Some people say, "No, consciousness is in neuron." Some people say, "No, no, 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 consciousness is in assembly of uh, neurons in the cortical columns." Some people say, "No, no, hippocampus is doing everything. There is a spiral pathways in the hippocampus where the information comes and in. go. Well, I see, it. consciousness is over there." And then some people say, "Claustrum." Oh, there is there is this cluster. Be, above my ears. there is consciousness. So many, many, many people come and say, we say that consciousness is nowhere. You cannot find it at a particular place because it is not just a space. You cannot find it in particular time. It is not part of a time. It is not a space time. You have to go beyond space time. You have to come to morphogenesis. What is morphogenesis? Imagine a, a, a geometric shape, tear drop to ellipsoid, change it's a kind of geometric shape transformations that governs space time. And then those changes actually governed by primes. So it's a space time topology prime. So we need to make this 12 dimensional transition, three dimensions of space, three dimensions of time, three dimensions of morphogenesis and three dimensions of density of primes in the, in, into a probability distribution. So this is, this is the journey. So in this journey, when we try to realize it, we find that primarily uh, nature has used to construct us using up to 47, 15 primes. So that's why we, had, we have limited ourselves to 47. So even if now somebody finds that 53 primes are there, <laughs> prime 53 is, instances are there, I will not be able to do so because in my lifetime it will not be possible. Why? Because it's a very complicated architecture. It took many, many years for me, entire my lifetime To find out those those suitable resonators that can replicate that can that can come and one interesting thing is that we do not create. uh, eyes, we do not put eyes or nose or 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 ear or, or, or touch in the artificial brain we put only one sensor that is proprioception that is, if you close your eyes and you feel yourself, you are part of this universe and you have a body boundary of your body, that particular feeling comes proprioception. So there is a proprioception center in the midbrain above this spinal cord, a tiny center. We only create that to communicate, take the vibrations from the brain and then try to understand that how it is doing. So I we say that sensors are illusion. I mean, they create bias. Even if you close your eyes, even if you don't hear, even if you there is no smell, Even if you don't touch anybody, still you are conscious. So sensors are elusive. So if I can create a resonance chain, and if I can lock in with the resonance chain of the universe, then I am locked in with that one. So we will be able to
1: communicate. We will be able to see incredible features. So that's how we try to realize it. How do you compare this to the super string theory or the M2 theory, the M theory? that says that there are, you know, like strings and and they vibrate. So what is very interesting is that science is moving towards uh, vibration and sound. It's vibration, actually, uh, as, as the basis of the universe. So
0: I have one problem with the string theory, and that is string theory talks about 12 dimensions, we are also talking about 12 dimensions, or 11 dimensions or 10 dimensions. a little bit uh, here and there that kind of conceptual adjustment could be made with the with the formulations or assumptions. The problem is, if you want to create hold a 12 dimension, if you want to operate a 12 dimension, you need a 12 dimension tensor, what happened in the entire history of string theory, 12 dimensions means what suppose uh as an ant is moving through a x-axis a horizontal line if i want to understand the motion of this ant i have to go to y-axis perpendicular to it we call it orthogonal and then i have to look at it and then i can say that ant, the ant sees only one one path now somebody is moving in a area i have to go vertical to The z axis to find that he's there. So we have to make orthogonal journey every time. So we made 12 times this orthogonal journey, and then we reach to the primes. So we say that's end of it. In the string theory, so th- you have 12 dimensions. So there is a difference. Difference means suppose mm, my road ends one dimension, ends here, second dimension begins here, and second dimension ends, third dimension begins here ends. This kind of linear concept is not there. It's an universe. It's an universe for an ant linear line is an universe. It cannot think beyond that. It cannot process beyond that. It cannot have any information beyond that. So it's just journey to another universe. So how to write it? A plus IB, I is Iota imaginary. So even a school student, a little kid, they know A plus IB whole square is equal to A square minus B square plus two IAB. IAB is a imaginary term, but where does this minus B square comes from in the real world? So it comes from the imaginary world. A plus IB, So in the 1800, a scientist came up with an idea that look, one imaginary world, there could be another imaginary world another imaginary world. So four imaginary world is called Quaternion. It came, this concept came. So four by four matrix, 16 terms, and then it was there beautifully. Then 1820, another concept came. No, four is not enough. There could be eight universes connecting together. And then eight into eight, 64. So they came seven different universes, one reality, And they created another matrix, it's called Octonian. So even now in artificial intelligence in information processing, satellite data processing, everywhere it is used, but it remained there until 2016. Now I found that if I take the brain hardware because we were replicating all the hardware running in the supercomputer, solving the Maxwell's equations and trying to find out the music theoretically for all of them. And from the literatures, we were trying to find out the, the clock integrated clock architecture of 1037 different clock architecture of the whole brain body system because I wanted to map everything. I never thought that consciousness would be here and there and that it is beyond that. It was very certain to me. So what happened is Now I thought that I saw that there are 12 layers I need to go to the single molecule atomic level, 12 layers of clocks I need to go to model the human brain, to replicate the human brain, to even understand. Because I feel that I have understood something right, that means I will be able to create it artificially. If I cannot create an artificial brain, even some magical profound properties of 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 our conscious being, then I have not understood it very simple as simple as that (laughs) make it then you have understood (laughs) so anyway so when i wanted to make it and then i have to go 12 layers 12 imaginary worlds or 12 universes i need 12 into 12 144 matrix so i need duodecanian so i was very happy that i will take the string theory and i will start processing the mathematics much to my surprise i came to know that String theories they take one it's very complicated that you have a two dimension, okay. What did they do? They took a tensor they took a matrix of four dimension and another eight dimension, and then they added with a factor a lambda factor that is called warp. You know warp in the science fiction movies, warp is used very, very much for space travel going beyond the time. So that warp factor comes. So you have a one eight dimension, another four dimension. you add them with a factor and it becomes 12 dimension. That's a stupid idea. That's the stupidest thing That So you need to go for 12 dimensions. So I started creating Duodecanian algebra. So at first I went to the mathematicians and I asked, requested them, look, I need 12 dimension. He said, look, 1820 Octonian was created. And 1920, after 100 years, they found the phenoplane where you could know how different imaginary worlds interact or different universes interact. The biggest problem, the biggest challenge for humanity to create many imaginary layers or universes is that, suppose I'm talking to you in reality, but my seventh universe could talk to 11th universe and affect fifth universe of yours. And then that can affect me. So these kind of mathematics, if you want to do, you need to create a higher dimensional space where relationship between different dimensions should be there. So it took hundred years to do that and you want to do it now? I took up the challenge and I built Duodecanian algebra I created that mathematics 12 cross 12. And then I found that part of these tensors, part of these works, they be- create beautiful morphogenesis of geometric shapes. And I started seeing where the consciousness is born. So you, uh, thank you for this particular question. So I had a beautiful marriage with string theory and a beautiful divorce. And that has led me to the du- duodecanian algebra. And then I, I got now pleasure that with 12 dimensions algebra and the 12 dimensions manifold uh, higher dimensional manifold I can start seeing partially again if if you should remember and everybody should remember I'm talking about 86% beyond that I don't think we have the capabilities to do that maybe uh, after 100 years 200 years or 300 years later somebody can come up with uh, say 3000 different components replications of vibrations of different components 3000 and they know how to integrate but to me I don't foresee even in the next 300 or 400 years it's possible it's a possibility unless until some dramatic uh, technological breakthrough happens so fully conscious uh, being not possible but true that string theory like string theory like theories we need but their tools should not be four dimension, eight dimension, add some dimensions, by adding different dimensions you never reach to a newer, newer dimensions, for a new dimension you have to approach it directly.
1: That's wonderful, now the ultimate reality that from which all this starts, what is it, is there something already a consciousness value or consciousness is an emergent quality from all these vibrations and resonance. And when there is no vibration and no resonance and no fractals and no shapes and interactions and primes, then there is no consciousness or there is something that already is there in an unmanifest, non-manifest way that contains all this potentiality that ultimately manifests in the universe. I have to answer it
0: in a, uh, it's a very difficult question, as you know, and there is no answer to this question. You also know it, but since you have asked me this question, I would like to answer it in, in two different ways. First of all, my my heart and my soul, the way I understand, I try to understand consciousness as part of Brahman because I'm a Hindu and then we, we, we started our, so it is you know, Hinduism is based on three fundamental premises. First is the Rita, Rita is, Anything and everything in the universe forms a loop or clock. This is the most fundamental assumption. So, you, Rita is never can never be challenged in Hinduism. Second is Loka, that is universe. So, you go one universe, the pixels it is made of pixels. You go inside and you enter another Loka, Sukshma Loka, Deva Loka, or something. And the third premise is Brahman as there is an eternal vibration that that propagates everywhere. And then that actually is fundamental to consciousness. So um, when I see it, I find that primes are fundamental and primordial to this universe, which cannot be changed. But primes alone, the numbers, what would it do if there is not an element? so when i try to create an element i put, i fall into a, um, uh, I, I get into a trouble because i don't know how, how to find then a particle because because before the creation of everything as the vedas began before the creation of everything there was nothing if there was nothing there could be numbers integers primes but who what it will count because if you give me primes, then I can create possibilities, probabilities, I can create lines of forces, and then I can create uh, vibrations because clockwise uh, um, and to- in the geometry, clockwise motion, anti-clockwise motion, clustering, everything I can create. And I can, I can, I can brought down the whole universe and consciousness and everything. But I don't know how to, what to count at the beginning of everything. That's why one side of me up to certain extent it's prime but beyond prime how to go to give an answer to your query that uh, is consciousness fundamental or um, uh, or something uh, i can't answer because because there is there is nothing it's it's a big gap uh, what shall i count so this question i cannot answer so Uh, Still, maybe in future, I may find something, but until now, it's beyond
1: my understanding of the universe. What if there is a consciousness that is nothing physical, nothing material, that is nothing defined, nothing specific? So nothing in many ways, but yet it is consciousness. It is a field like we have quantum fields, unified field, potentially. And it's a field which is non-material, non-energy, in terms of physical energy. And that is just the primary reality. And, you know, there are very interesting points you raise in terms of numbers that I have worked with also under the guidance of uh, Maharishi Mahashyogi, where we looked at the Veda and the numbers within the Veda, within the sounds of the VED, the uh, harmonies of the VED, and how they are structured. And it's very interesting that Maharishi has found uh, a very structured uh, relationship between the syllables of different expressions in Rig Veda and all other expressions also, where actually the number three plays a very fundamental role. And how he explains it and how it comes to be is that If there is that initial consciousness, which is primary, which is non specific in terms of any value, it is still called consciousness. And since it is consciousness, it is conscious. Now, to be conscious means to be an observer that observes something, that is conscious of something. So, there is there like already the duality of an observer and an observed. But an observer and an observed, if they are not connected, then there is no true observation. And so the fundamental three uh, in this case become the observer, the observed, and the process of observation, the link that connects them. And this is how these actually looking at each other lead into the what you started with, the nine value and like this. And you actually find this in the Veda and you find you know, at one point you raised eight times 64 or, or like that. And these are actually the syllables of the Vedic uh, Rig Veda. They are like this in the first Sukta and how it defines itself. And Maharishi has cognized how these syllables emerge and their sequence. And very much they join your connectedness of numbers and evolution of numbers and multiplication of numbers onto each other. And what is very interesting also is that he asked me to find this in the human physiology, even on the gross level. And so when I compared the Vedic structure and all the Vedic literature structure to the structure of the human physiology, I discovered a one-to-one correlation, which I published already in, in 1993, 1994, in a book, it's called Veda and Human Physiology. So it's like we are the uh, structure of Veda. Veda means knowledge, and knowledge means to be conscious of something and to have full consciousness. And so even then, Marci said that Veda is not just a philosophy or poetry, but it's vibration. It's vibration and its effects is, are on the effect of vibration, tuning in with the vibration of the universe and so we are trying these sounds and vibrations of the Veda and different frequencies and seeing healing effects and powerful effects on the structure of the physiology. So even at MIT and Harvard and recent research on plaque and Alzheimer, they have found that certain frequencies of sound or light, whatever specific frequencies, they can actually dissolve some plaques uh, which is not uh, done uh, with other techniques. So, there are many aspects about frequency, you know, and it's very interesting that the superstring and the string theories that are bringing the vibration and you are bringing it from this very fundamental quantum level and microtubules and relationship to primes and numbers and, and, and evolution of that. So that's really a field which is very, very much wonderful to look at. And you've done a, a great work on, on this line and, and putting some foundational uh, thoughts about it.
0: Yeah, so uh, absolutely right. I fully agree with you because when I say triplet or triplet and then 12 frequencies, uh, it's 9 into 12, 108. And 108, if you see uh, you that you wear, 108 there are 108 shivas dance forms that yeah. is fundamental to the universal universe's construction if you do durga puja we put 108 lotus and uh, if we if we have 108 beats like in the western music you have 2 by 2 tick, 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 or 3 by 3 and the finish but you go you, we have seven we have uh, 11 we have 8 9 uh, you have to go on counting 53 54 55 91 92 up to 108, 108 talas or rhythms are there. That means you have to count 108 or 107, and then you come to the sum, the starting point of the cycle. So, and all these mathematics that you talked about is very, very fundamental. And uh, and uh, we also checked with, uh, in India last month, I was there, and then we checked on the 200 different human subjects, and we played, you know, uh, Rama's version of Sirstotram and the uh, and Ravana's version of Sip stotram Both are very different and we played in the brain and we coupled eight persons and then they started vibrating together and we could measure it in the uh, kilohertz, megahertz, gigahertz. So different, different frequency domain, In the higher frequency domain in the brain, they coupled and started vibrating. So I think that we are moving towards a time of when instead of linear thoughts of the West, where mm, we say that uh, the fundamentals that everything that is happening in the universe could be written on a linear way on a single tape, the 0101 simple event that will be proved wrong. And then orthogonal way that is within and above and above and above everything is just within 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 you go inside, or you go above, above, above. maybe the orthogonal to the Western world, this Eastern, uh, this perspective, both will coexist and, and and there are enormous enormous opportunities, this vibration rhythmically, because you don't touch any person, and still you can heal, you can change the color and composition of the environment, the temperature thermals, and then you can, with a, with a single set of vibrations, you can change, it is possible, and we are seeing this evidences more and more everywhere in the world. Unfortunately, we have not put it into the thing because there is there is no industrial revolution. But I also feel fully agree with you that a new industrial revolution will come. That will bring a plethora of technologies to transform mankind in a way where everything is connected to everything.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. You know, I'll be sending you maybe some reference or copy of my research on that level because it's For example, when you mentioned the brain, you take the yoga sutras of Patanjali, they're divided into four chapters and our brain has four lobes. And I actually was able to map each lobe to each part of the brain, even in terms of the sutras that are part of each of the chapters uh, of the the brain. Another aspect, for example, uh, Nyaya, which is the lamp at the door, seeing inside and outside, has five chapters and it corresponds functionally to the thalamus in the brain, because the thalamus connects the outer to the inner, it connects the specific to the holistic reconstruction in the brain of the specific perceptions. Mm -hmm. And Nyaya has five chapters and the thalamus has five divisions. And in Nyaya, there are 16 topics, Pramana, Pramaya, Samshaya, these are the different specific topics. And they correspond one-to-one to the nuclei of the thalamus, one-to-one in their function and their divisions and their structure. So really, Veda is a blueprint of the human physiology, which then is able to have a higher level of consciousness than other aspects of nature. So, Absolutely, I, I, I always wondered
0: how because I was not interested in 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 those um, religious aspects, until I measure I was presenting 108 uh, resonance frequencies of micro triplet or triplet and I published a paper and I was giving lecture and one Jain person one person from the jain religion he stood up and then he told do you know you are seeing 108 in uh, neurons in uh, proteins and then microtubules everywhere and then you are you are presenting it but you know that your um, whole uh, whole thing your whole religious discourse is based on based on that kind of um, number systems and something and that got me interested and still today every single day i'm i'm amazed like I take uh, with the audacity software I pronounce it and I see the vibrations and then you take the X-ray of corn cells both are identical. So in India, the instruments that were being built by Hindus, uh, the structures, they were building the cavity, the vortex that is coming out. So when I'm talking to you in the Western world, it's an energy. But in the for Eastern perspective, it is not energy it's a vortex it's a 3D distribution of field with three layers and triplet of triplet structure. So anybody who is uh, is uh, is uh, creating any suspicion on my on my on my statement download audacity it's free and pronounce it any of the Sanskrit letters, you will find three lobes and each of them has three so triplet of triplet three-dimensional geometric structure actually is a field that we generate when we properly pronounce it so we are bombarding with those kind of things and then we expect the biological system which is vibrating in a similar manner to respond much more synchronously so i i feel that um, uh, rest of my life i would be exploring the science and then it's i feel like it's much more supreme than we have like like Sanskrit Sanskrit language for, for example, uh, one letter each letter has a meaning. Sanskrit never had a dictionary, it doesn't require a dictionary, why because only you have to know the meaning of these letters. The, the 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 prime values and then what you do you need to know the tensor mathematics 3d tensor you apply to it and you transform you get different um, times different situations karakas karanas, and everything and then you transform the letters into two steps for an example kha sky cha, everything continuous ra means continuous i mean cha means motion so kha chara is bad and i want to create uh, anything that creates ma mother is ma so uh, in a, something that creates continuously rama rama so anything you take the letters put together and something and then you create your words from sanskrit new and new words you encounter with your perceptions and i will be able to realize so that i i would like to say in this particular context in vedas Maharshi Kapil, because we have six um, uh, shara darshanas, no, six darshanas, yeah, yeah. and that is um, Veda, and then six darshanas we have. To, and yes. th- th- those people who wrote those darshanas were also contributed to writing the Veda. So Maharshi Kapil mm, said that if you want to understand consciousness, if you want to understand consciousness, then you have to first invent a language where utterance of those letters create fundamental perceptions and cognitive experiences in the mind of the listener. If you can invent that language, only then you will begin the understanding of consciousness. What a beautiful statement, but when he said it, nobody understood. It was 1400 years later, many, many evolution through which Sanskrit was created. Sanskrit didn't came in one day. Somebody did came up from the from once in a blue moon, like the Western discoveries. Uh, it strikes in the brain, and then suddenly I say it's a three cross seven cross three tensor I will create, and all the dhaturoops will go there. And then suddenly Sanskrit started. No. So so when you when you put it in Audacity and 3D field the distribution of the letters and something, you realize that there is much more profound version in the geometric representation of field where we have to all go and it could be a whole new experience of a new kind of engineering where cavity and resonance is redefines like i vibrate and a field like me is created over there so everywhere there could be a new way of looking into the energy and its perspectives
1: this is wonderful this is wonderful when you plug a guitar string and you plug it at the same frequency of the other string then the other string starts vibrating and that is resonance <laughs> and then when that you... is resonance
0: that is resonance but that is wave like resonance which damps right. but when we create it in uh, in vedic you are a vedic scholar and then a vedic researcher and i am also a vedic researcher when we create it we don't we don't take guitar look at the indian instruments they uh, tabla and the in true Indian instruments, when you look at it, when you stroke, when you play, there are seven skins on one of another, seven, again, prime number. And then you have three, the black one, and the middle, and then the surrounding. So three cross seven symmetry is there. But when you stroke, you don't play the fundamental frequency. You create anharmonic overtones. So this yeah. is how we are different from the Western world. Western world is about all about harmonics. That is one hertz, two hertz, three hertz, four hertz, five hertz, six hertz. But in the Western world, for a Vedic scholar, that's a scene, that's very, very prohibited domain. We go through one hertz, 1.27 hertz, 3.14 hertz, <laughs> the special kind of vibrations where we can create a topological architecture of the field distribution. But these kind of things, this kind of um, complex mathematics, this kind of uh, the, uh, this kind of way of, of, of representations practicing and other things. These should be primary culture. I mean, primary culture, otherwise, you know, we cannot, we cannot, like, uh, I remember when I was a young kid, and then I was Three years, my mother was pregnant, and my 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 daughter, my my sister was um, about to come and then my f- father, because I was very naughty so my my uh, my mother asked my father to take me to whole night song so in India, classical music is to start from eight or nine p m and whole night it was to go because one song is to be very long, and I was to go with my father, and everybody was kind of almost like a sleepy state or something and i used to see each other and then sometimes i used to hear a sound ah everybody Uh then i don't know why "Mm -hmm." frustration i I never used to understand that in the whole night two or three times this used to happen much later when i became a music student of music then i understood that they they go two times three times nine times and then 27 times and then when it they try to come back and complete the cycle there is a little mismatch in the composition of the arithmetic and each and everyone listening in that entire auditorium are tuned to that and they say ah oh, it means it didn't go uh-huh. many people of them and then I have seen people, those who are singers, they started crying. Sometimes they don't take money, and then uh, sometimes they throw the instruments and they leave when they when they fail to realize that. So it's a lifetime conviction. It's a it's a journey. It's a uh, living in a in a Vedic life is is a lifetime journey to complete a cycle, uh, and and making it synchronizing with the with the cycle of the of the universe so that's it really has awesome. many different aspects of it
1: yes they are also the cycles of the planets and the stars and the jyotish and all of that that's why i created the the pre database of all the compo- brain
0: components www.brainrhythm.org because i want this movement to begin in the world where you will not be looking at neuron Neuron is just one clock out of 1037 different clock architectures that we have put together just imagine the level of complexity that you can have in the human mind if just one clock how many different kind of systems that you can create so I don't say that I have understood it, but I what I want to do is is to. Is to is to show as much light as possible so that entire humanity starts learning, as I said by myself that we cannot make conscious machine ever. But if we create a fraction of it and we feel that we are about to understand that is enormous that is
1: that is everything beautiful beautiful so when in this symphony of the universe. Some things can go wrong, but we can create a resonance effect to balance them and soften them up. And this is where we have, for example, the Yagya program, where chanting of certain sounds by specific uh, pundits and specific numbers also, because everything is specified, how many they should be, where they should look, and how they should do it. This has been also being used to create harmony and remove obstacles and help people. So that Yagya program is also very powerful from this perspective.
0: Absolutely. Like uh, I met a professor from Hindu uh, from University. I, he talks about vastu, smell vastu, which time of the year, in which part of the room, uh, uh, which time of the day, what smell should be there? So, mm-hmm. uh, so in the, in the, in the Mahamritunjay Mantra also, Sugandham Pusti Vardhanam. Uh, Sugandhim, why, why Sugandham? So just not just a number, every single sensor that we have, they have a mathematical architecture and that we need to follow with the day and the time and something like, like mm, uh, Jupiter cycle. We take a bath in the river with the Jupiter's 12 year cycle. So Makumb. So, so this our life has to be integrated. So you are absolutely right. We can correct. We have to correct. Why? Because we I, I believe that every single conscious machine, the universe has created this conscious machine to explore new prime numbers. How prime number five is invented. One, two, three, two into two, four, three into two, six. Now, now five space for five is left nobody was there and you could not create using the previous numbers this particular number five that's why prime number five was born so in this way if all the numbers starts multiplying and vibrating in musical way continuously evolving it will create some primes and while creating it it can go in it can go misdirected so we can see a life a living a conscious being as a explorer of prime numbers creating something which nature wants to explore by itself it's a purpose it's a purpose of a life form to create a completely new kind of dynamics which no other living system or non-living system or conscious being has ever done while doing that definitely you are certain to make mistakes and then People like you and your system of professors and infrastructure—you, what you are trying to do is to make sure that his multiplication pathways, that uh, with, with existing primes, they remain remain in a certain way, so that he can achieve for what for which it was born—to invent a new prime, <laughs> or 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 real uh, uh, assimilate a dynamics related to a new kind of primes.
1: Wonderful. We don't only find the uh, how and what, but also the why and the reason and the, the yeah, explanation yeah. of why we are here, why is, is there evolution and creation. Yes, Wonderful. Yes, yes. It's been a delight to be with you. It's a joy. Would you like to say anything more to our listeners or viewers?
0: Yeah, I would just uh, like to tell everybody that there is a uh, rhythm. Uh, try to find out primes all around you. It is out there and uh, m- m- and there is a rhythm like Rita and there is a there is loka that means looking orthogonal, so try looking orthogonal to everything which cannot be seen remaining in that system. Always make an effort to transit between lokas like Shiva Shiva is is the king of 14 Lokas. So if you go to Varanasi, you find before the Shiva temple, there is 14 Lokas, temple of 14 lokas, lokas. So try to find it in your life. Try to find primes, uh, try to find rhythms, try to find repetitions and integrated clocks, many, many events around you, everything repeats. And try to live within and above, try to make a journey within and above, not linear. Don't find, find facts, find confusion. If you, go, if you go and confusion and find many more confusions inside, take up them, uh, take one of them and you try to find more confusions. And you go through there and make the journey until you find the fact. So this is what Maharshi Gautama says in 600 BC when he proposed architecture of confusion. And that is my life conviction. That I don't find for fact. I find the biggest confusion that I have in my life. So that is all I would like to say to your viewers.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations on a wonderful path, great discoveries, deep thinking, and great wisdom. It was a joy to be with you. Thank you. Same day. All the best.
0: Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, Please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.